back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, November the 5th. The countdown to the NCHA fraternity is in full force. 17 days, if I'm not mistaken. On today's show, we're going to have a little pre-work and season talk. Talk about uh, the new NCHA executive director, Jay Winborn. And then we're also going to talk about the late highbrow cat and some of our favorite offspring and uh, just what a dynamic asset to the ncha and the cutting horse industry highbrow cat has been and uh how sad it is to see him go uh thanks for tuning in today sit back relax and enjoy today's episode of the section k podcast this episode is brought to you by western bloodstock western bloodstock conducts all of the sales at the nrcha and ncha major events in fort worth texas whether you're looking for a ready-made show horse, broodmares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. 2019 NCHA Fraternity Sale, all week, Monday, December 9th through Saturday, December 14th. Over 225 two-year-olds working on cattle while they sell over two days, Monday and Tuesday, December 9th and 10th. The only place buyers can see this many two-year-olds work on cattle. Like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, www.westernbloodstock.net. I thought our chat with Lance Johnston, the NRCHA Snaffle Bit Champion from 2019, was an excellent interview, an excellent chat. Big thank you to Lance for coming on the show, CBL. We hadn't had a chance to talk about his episode um, since we dropped that one. What did what did you think about our interview with Lance? Well, getting to listen to that one as a fan and not being a part of it just because of how things were set up, it was fun for me to go back and listen to it. Uh, I mean, one thing that sticks out to me is Lance uh, is a firecracker. I mean, he, he's, it seems like he's so passionate about what he, he does. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it was pretty motivational to hear them or to listen to what he's been through and how he's gotten to where he is today. I think I thought it was overall really good. And I thought you guys did a very good job. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. I know, I know Cody can attest to it, but I know that back pain stuff is no joke. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's bad, and, and one of the worst parts about it is getting on and off a horse. That's where it really tends to bug you, especially with the sciatic. And there is literally no comfortable comfortable way to sit, stand, lay down, nothing like that. And it's just constant pain. And my hat's off to him because having to deal with that every – I mean, I dealt with it for six months. And the pair of boots I was I worn at the time, like they were all – walked over on the side because I was dragging my foot so bad. And like, I mean, it, it's, it's unreal. And for him to have to live with that for as long as he has and just persevere and, and just basically get gritty and, and keep on keeping on. I mean, that's a cool thing. Yeah. And going down the fence, there's a lot of bending and kind of not much give when it comes to making a fast turn and you kind of just got to make sure you're in the right spot and ready to go the opposite direction in a short period of time so 
I can't imagine going down the fence with an injury like that and and still staying healthy and feeling good enough to to get through that many runs in three different events and and win the snaffle bit uh, after all he's been through. That's a hell of a testament to uh, the type of person that Lance is and the type of program that he runs. Just perseverance, man. It's pretty badass. And then he was up there at the cow horse deal in Idaho and won the limited up there, the intermediate up there, and and uh, I think was sixth or something on a on one of his other horses so i mean he's still going still doing good still feeling good obviously and uh i mean that's pretty awesome yeah once again big thanks to lance and big congratulations to everyone over at johnston performance horses speaking of the nrcha guys the ncha hired another executive director jay winborn he has been the NRCHA National Rain Cow Horse Association Executive Director for I think close to like the last eight or nine years. Ten years. Ten I years. Yep. Yeah, something like that. And um, he resigned. I believe it was on Friday or Saturday, and then uh, a couple days after that, well, the NCHA sent out a press release that they had hired him as their man. So I'm excited about uh, seeing Jay hired as the NCHA Executive Director. As we've talked about here on the Section K podcast, how awesome the NRCHA events are and how much fun they are to attend, um, it is really awesome to see that the NCHA and Jay Winborn um, met on an agreement to uh, hire him as our man. So it's great to see that. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And he's not going in it blind either. I mean, he knows the turmoil and, and what's been going on with the NCHA the past couple years. And, and, uh, and I think he's... Uh, He's obviously going to have his work cut out for him, but I think if everybody gets behind him and, and everybody tries to help him the best they can and help this transition, he's going to bring NCHA to new heights. I mean, he's uh, he's done wonders for the NRCHA, and every year at the snaffle bit it's, it gets better and better. And so to me that's something that we should look forward to for the, NR, or the NCHA and uh, just hope every, hope everybody gets behind him. Uh, just a little piggyback off that. I mean, you guys pretty much said what all needs to be said, but I, for the NCHA to hire somebody that has, has had proven success managing another equine, uh, sport and just being able to, to get someone like that. And I mean, it's just one of the most positive things I think all of us can hear uh, is someone that has proven success running something else uh, can get in there and do the job and help us out. Yeah, and I thought it was a, a pretty good um, kind of equation was throwing it to uh, kind of an athletic director standpoint out of university. Is kind of, he's been with the NRCHA for quite a while, and, I mean, they're absolutely prospering right now. The NRCHA yeah. is killing it, and – I mean, I'm sure that he saw there was a bit of a challenge over here at the NCHA. I mean, it's no surprise and no shock to anyone, no secret that um, we need some help right now and we need some leadership and we need some guidance. And, I mean, I think seeing that he brought the fraternity, the Snafflebit fraternity from Reno, Nevada, and, I mean, obviously he had to have been a huge part in getting it moved to Fort Worth. Um, I mean, that's a huge notch in his belt, if you ask me, so – um, I think it's cool to see uh, someone like that coming over to the NCHA and hopefully he's going to help us out tremendously. Yeah, and I believe, I mean, him ending on a good note with the NRCHA being this was their second largest 
snafflebit fraternity that they've ever had. And a lot of that goes to the move to Fort Worth and and uh, just the exposure that they get right here in Cowtown. So I think that's a a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting him during the NCHA fraternity. I believe his first day is December 1st. So yep. I'll be looking forward to seeing him around the exhibit hall and seeing him around the cutting uh, there in Fort Worth at the Will Rogers. So uh, once again, big shout out to Jay Winborn, NCHA's new executive director. Well, with the good comes the bad. The performance horse, and specifically the cutting horse industry, lost a legend this weekend. Highbrow Cat was humanely euthanized at the age of 31 years. Um, His legacy is going to live on forever. Um, I think it's well noted how crucial Highbrow Cat's bloodline has been to the cutting horse industry specifically. And, I mean, there's countless great horses that are tied to Highbrow Cat, whether they're out of cap out of cat mares or sired by the legend highbrow cat himself um or even now grandsons and granddaughters yeah with metallic cat and other smooth as a cat great cat studs like smooth as a cat yep um yeah it just sucks to see um a legend like that uh, be put down but i'm sure they got a bunch of frozen semen i'm sure you can still breed yeah no they've he's been sterile for a couple years as well so they've been using nothing but frozen semen but yeah I'm sure they have quite a stockpile of frozen semen. Um, but, yeah, it is, it's sad. It's, uh, I mean, 31 years for a horse is a long time, and, and uh, he definitely left his mark, and, and uh, it's, it's definitely a sad day. For, I mean, it's pretty much obvious, but we always kind of give titles to people and horses sometimes. And, I mean, how about Cat? He's, he's pretty much the king of breeding sires and i don't i mean he's going to be be on top for a long time i mean it's just it's it's really crazy to think about as much money as his offspring has won uh but i have a little stat for you guys love cbl stats just i this is kind of this is pretty mind-blowing uh this is the top 10 money earners uh, for highbrow cat, let's start with ten. I'll I'll read the top five how much they won. But number ten, he be a cat. Nine, bet on a cat. Eight, okay Felix. Seven, smooth as a cat. Six, highbrow CD. Fifth, faith in my cat. Five hundred sixty thousand. Boon sand kitty. Five hundred sixty five thousand five hundred. Little Pepto cat. Six hundred one thousand nine hundred. Number two, Metallic Cat, 637700 And number one, Don't Look Twice, 843000 And a, for the total for Highbrow Cat's top ten horses is $5.5 million. That's insane. Completely those, insane. Those two top two, same full crop, too. Well, it's, I mean, that's averaging 500000 a horse, basically, plus. And that's a crazy... That's a crazy number, and little yeah, little Pepto Cat's still counting with Mary Jo still hauling him in the world, and she'll be in the World Finals, and guaranteed she'll win around there. He be a cat's going in the First Hall lady. of Fame this year <laughs> yeah. too, and uh, man, that's crazy. And then and then seeing Don't Look Twice at the top. I know I've talked about her a bunch, but just being around her the majority of her career and working for Phil and Marianne, I mean, she was nothing short of remarkable every single time, and. I'll never forget the world finals when she 
<clears throat> won a couple go rounds. She might have won all four go rounds. I can't even remember, but she had a hell of a hell of a show and was like the world champion mayor, world champion, world champion mayor, show champion. Like hit the old hat trick, and yeah, it's it's crazy. His legacy will definitely live on. That's for sure. It's just, I mean, it's hard to even put in words just how many, how many of his offspring uh, that were successful. And I mean, you look at the list. I'm on robinglenn.com, uh, and it's just there's so many. There were so many good ones like Donna's Cool Cat. That uh, that horse is just the type of producer that she yeah, went on to be. Damn. Of- yeah. Cool and hot. And Boone Sand Kitty's up yeah. there too. Thomas she had a hell Boone. of a career herself, and and what she's gone on to produce too. I th- just personal favorite for me. And early on in our podcast, I had mentioned this horse as being one of my favorite horses. Uh, but Miss Peppy Cat is up at the top of my list of favorite highbrow cat horses. Yeah, I got a couple. Of course, like I always say, Metallic Cats, one of my favorite horses ever so i'd have to put him at the top of my uh favorite uh highbrow cats but also a horse that kind of got my love started for cutting is a a gilding by the name of prf bobby white sock and he was kind of one of my first aged event finalists i made the five six non-pro finals um on him one year and and Alyssa dvorak went on to mark a ton of fours fives and sixes on him in the youth and yeah Old Bobby White Sock is uh, one of my favorites, and I'm pretty sure he's still going. I think uh, there's a lady showing him in either the 15 am or the 50 am, if I'm not mistaken. But big shout out to old Bobby White Sock. Yeah, and and for me, it's going to be a horse that you guys don't even know a whole lot about. You'll know a lot about her, his sister, but for me, it's a horse called Wildcats that Russ Miller trained that John Echeverria bought for my dad, and my dad got to show, and he brought him back here, and he made the finals on him at the Derby, and then. Uh, or before that, he brought him back to the BI and was reserve champion to Ray Down Sally and another great mare who's had plenty of good cat offsprings. Um, and then he brought him back here to the Derby and made the finals on him. And it was a it was a kind of a short-lived career for Dad and Wildcats because then he got hurt and had to have stifle surgery and never got really shown much after that. And, and it was kind of a bummer. But Wildcats is full sister was kittens who's the mother to raising kittens and and a bunch of those babies she herself was a great mare um won probably 300 and something thousand i'm sure she's not far off that top 20 list at least and and uh but the list goes on i mean how many times have we you know watched one in the in will rogers that was amazing like metallic cat or don't look twice or one smart looking cat who also just passed away here recently or faith in my cat that yeah. was made famous of course by julie wrigley and clint allen and then went on to do great things at the weekend cuttings with tom Lyons in the saddle um that was another horse that i just loved to watch especially with old long-legged tom Lyons on his back uh there at the world finals in fort worth he would mark some huge scores uh from what i can remember yep well you just look at on on one of the sheets i'm looking at is just all the all the horses that are out of great cat mares i mean you got don't stop believing. Donna soon. Boone. Cr tough. Lucy. Cool and hot. Rockin' W. Dual smart kitty. Deluxe checks. Cr tough hearted cat. Last year's fraternity champion. Crazy. Bad Boone arising. Cat array. Rolls Royce. Watch me whip. I mean, hissing vinegar. There's just so many great horses that are linked to highbrow cat yep. in some way. Well, and just like 
he made highbrow hickory the paternal grandsire and the all-time you know when they have the equistat results and and uh he made highbrow hickory the top paternal grandsire and then with all his sons that are going to be producers or are producers already i mean he's going to be the top paternal grandsire for a long long time with already what metallic cat's done and then smooth as a cat and all those other young sons of cat i mean it's going to be people will be talking about cat for a long long time another one of my favorites that's not necessarily at the top of the list is old paradox cat austin shepherd trained blakely colgrove in the saddle man that was a 222 wrecked the ground high score marking son of a gun from what i can remember Hang him, cat that Wesley Galleon trained. Ryder Carpenter went on to yeah. show and win numerous ages. We could sit here for three hours. And I really could. But just the amazing him, hang cat, him, cat, cat. That horse could stop so hard. Kit Cat I mean, Sugar. Drop, drop its butt all the way into the dirt. Yeah, so rest in peace, Highbrow Cat. And um, we've been thinking about everybody that's closely affiliated to Highbrow Cat, the Beach Fork Ranch, uh, the Blanton family. Uh, Jack and Susan Wagner, um, everybody that came in close contact with Highbrow Cat. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Highbrow Cat, for all you've done for the performance horse industry and specifically the cutting horse industry. Um, it wouldn't be where it is uh, without your blood and without um, the success of your bloodline. So big thanks to Highbrow Cat. R.I.P. Moment of silence. <laughs> Well, boys, the countdown is on. Futurity is in 17 days. Uh, everybody's out and about, different pre-works. I think our crew, Porterfield Performance Horses, packed up, loaded up for two days, go out to the Nolan County Coliseum in Sweetwater, Texas. Uh, that pre-work's always one of my favorites. I'm going to try and sneak out there, I believe, on Wednesday. Yeah, man, one of, one of my favorite times of year. I've seen a handful of people down in South Texas, whether it's uh, Sean and Ashley Flynn at the at the Pinkston's place down in South Texas, or Lloyd and Christina and uh, Clay and Kelsey Johnson down in Catula at Corky Weeks' place. Um, the pre-works are in full swing, CBL. I'm sure you're, there's a handful going on up in your country, up in the Panhandle, as many cattle as you guys have up there. So pre-working season, let's go. Yeah, we went to one at what used to be known as El Cid. Uh, it is no longer owned by Lonnie and Barbara Alsup anymore. Uh, we went to that about two weeks ago, and it was very cold while we were there. First day, it snowed, and it was windy. The second day, it was very cold in the morning, but it, it warmed up, and it was the, all the snow had melted by probably, probably noon. And then we have one at the Bill Cody in Amarillo this Friday that we'll be going to, but it's always fun. I mean, this time of the year is super stressful, uh, super stressful, but also you get to go and learn on new horses and, and try, try your best to get them ready for the fraternity. But it, I mean, there's, there's so many different emotions that comes with this, this part of the year for, uh, I mean, the entire cutting world. It's just, I mean, I think there's always a point in time that everybody's pretty high up on at least one horse you have, and then you go to a different point in the year, and and you uh, are thinking maybe they're not going to last another day, and then you get through that, and 
and you keep going on it and then you get to this time and you're just you want them cutting and so that that's what those pre-works do for everybody is you you get to get into a show scenario and uh be able to see what your horse has and sometimes it doesn't go very good when you go to the pre-works but you always try to try to present it the best way possible that that you're going to show that horse and let that horse get a lot of confidence and i mean you go watch some of those the big time guys and they make it look so easy at the pre-works and, and i mean it's not the case i mean everybody it's hard to understand it because you watch some of those guys they make it look so easy but everybody's really kind of in the same boat as as far as the lines as they really don't know what their horse is going to do when they go to town well, like Tatum always told me, don't think that Lloyd and Matt and Austin are all having trouble with theirs or all aren't happy with their works every day. I mean, we're all feeling the same stuff. We're all trying to get the same same thing done, and it it's a very, very stressful time of year. But at the same time, if you've done your due diligence all year long and, and you've worked hard all year long, this this is going to be just a confidence booster for you a lot of times. Yeah, so. hauled them all year long. Yep. And uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to go to my first one up at Bill Callen's place and and do a little pre-working up there and and uh, then get ready to go to the Oklahoma City World Show, AQHA World Championship Show. Good luck to Jenna. Jenna. Yeah, I qualified for that. My dad has one qualified, so we're going to go up there. And you guys Alexis had, a, had some has success one qualified as well. up at the AQHA World yep, Show. Yep, I Paso. have. I've, I've been lucky up there. Got lucky to show a pretty all right roan colt up there in the junior cutting a couple years in a row. So, how is that cutting, Cody? I've never been to it. It's it's actually it's not bad. I mean, obviously it's a really crowded event. There's everybody from everywhere, all types of horse disciplines, from your rainers to your pleasure to your hunt seat. I mean, everything. As long as it's a quarter horse and it does something, they got an event for it. So, um, it's. That that part's tough just because we're not used to that. We're used to going to events where it's just us there, and we uh, usually know somebody there to call. We can call Keith at the stall office, say, hey, man, where are my stalls at? Hey, can you get them unlocked for me? Yeah, also, can I have about 16 bags of shavings per stall? <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Keith. And so you don't get that luxury there because um, we're not familiar with the people there. So uh, that's tough, but uh, honestly, it's a, it's awesome, man. It's prestigious, and, and it pays out really good. As long as they have entries, it's it pays out really well. I think I won twenty thousand in the two years when I won it on Metellus Cat. So, um, well, and the trophy. I mean, yeah, that's, and the globes. Pretty yeah, awesome. Isn't that what they're called? The globes. Yep, the globes, and and it's not. I hate to say this, but we don't look at cutting as an AQHA event, but AQHA is huge worldwide, and there's the AQHA points this is matter, a, and this is a big thing for for a lot of different horse disciplines and that's why i like to go up there and support it i mean like i said already like it is tough with dealing with just the amount of people there but on the flip side it's really cool to go to the exhibit hall and and see their trade show and and see a lot of different vendors that are also equine oriented um from all different parts of the country so that's also cool and then getting to be around a lot of those rainers and those cow horse guys i mean that was one of the first places i met Corey cushing and and talked to kelby and and a couple of those cow horse guys up there. So that's also pretty awesome, Speak uh, especially because cutting is obviously one of the larger events of all the events there. 
Not Cody, at the quarter horse show, just outside of it. Is uh, it's still at the same place like where the the non pro takes place? Yes, sir. Right there at the fairgrounds. Yep. So a little fun fact for you folks: Class A Oklahoma basketball state championship is played there, and it is known as the Big House. Where we cut at? Great fun fact. <laughs> Did you go there? Uh, not when I played. Uh, but Texoma was state runner-up my eighth grade year, so I don't even remember what year that would have been. But we were close. Two games away my senior year, but did not play there. Yeah, and there's a lot of history there for the AQHA show, and and that's that's why I like it, and and it's something different, and it's I'm gonna be able to go show my four year old and get a couple of runs in for the fraternity, so that's also not a bad idea too. Get all the jitters out, even though I'm sure there'll be plenty of them when I'm walking to the herd. The draw's out too for the fraternity. The draw is up now. It's getting nervous time. It is yeah. getting nervous time. But start thinking about what your daily routine is going to be on that day that your horse is going. So it's pretty crazy that it's already here, and I'm super excited for the first go round. Especially, I think that's one of the one of the best times to go up and take in a lot of the cutting action and and see how a lot of those horses react uh, the first time that you do have to go down there and put your hand down for two and a half minutes. So look for a whole lot more NCHA fatuity coverage and fatuity talk here at the Section K Podcast. So I just returned from a fun week out in far west Texas, out between Alpine and Fort Davis, Texas, at um, a ranch called the 06 Ranch. Um, One of my close friends, Stephen Lacey, um, is uh, one of the members of the family that um, is uh, related to the 06 Ranch. So um, I was fortunate enough to go out and spend a couple of days with him, uh, drive around the whole place, and trot around a lot of the place and man what a beautiful country what a, what a beautiful area and uh what beautiful country um out in fort, fort davis and specifically uh, alpine especially um, how many acres do they have there i don't know but it's a lot <laughs> a lot it's some pretty rough country too uh, isn't it man i know um, you're saying something about there's some neighbor's cows that uh, they hadn't even seen horses in five years because yeah, they couldn't I mean, even get to them there's just tons of maverick cattle out there and the brush is just so thick and and stuff like that 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 you can't even get to them and and i think we we spent the whole whole week uh or at least part of it when the weather was was nice and not foggy and and you could actually see just gathering remnant um yearlings and and stuff that they missed from the works but just because i mean out there it's hard to get everything um with all the canyons and all the all the thorns and and rough country and thick brush um, stuff gets left behind and yeah some of those horse or some of those cattle hadn't seen horses for years and and the second they see a human or see a truck or or see a, a person on a on a horse they just bolt the other direction which like normally they'll just stare and look at you if you're if you're driving around a normal ranch and and there's heifers turned out or mama cows turned out they i mean you pretty much have to like damn near run them over to well, get, yeah, to, I mean, to get and out of the way most of the time the cows are fed around here in a truck you know in a feed truck so I mean, they get used to seeing that truck, and they'll come to it and run to it. A lot of that country, you can't even get a regular truck into, much less a feed truck. That's what's crazy. But yeah, they they ha- they still run cattle out there. I think they've they've been in the cattle business since since the Republic of Texas um, was came wow. to be. So 
uh, they've been in the cattle business for a long time. They, they run a huge hunting business uh, as well. Um, Ah, dad, uh, mule deer, and there's tons of elk, uh, believe it or not, in the Davis Mountains and far west Texas. Uh, I think here before too long, they're an exotic, considered to be an exotic in Texas now, so there's not a season on them. Uh, but look for elk season to actually be a thing in Texas, believe it or not. Uh, they're not just up in in the Rocky Mountains around New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming. They're actually all over west Texas, and it's, there's some big 375 to 425 bulls killed uh in the davis Mountains. so um yeah big shout out steven lacy rod duvall jj alvarado um my new friend shiloh um yeah had a hell of a time out at the 06 this week i uh, did some light ranching that's for sure <laughs> hey rod did you sleep in your old bedroll that you took with you i sure did i sure did every night i did uh we stayed in the bunkhouse but um Oh, you didn't get to stay beneath the stars? No. They don't sleep they don't sleep <laughs> out uh in the stars. They sleep in tents or in the bunkhouse. They they have tons of camps all over the ranch and uh the campsites, believe it or not, during the spring and fall works are actually super nice and uh I believe you can come in uh most of those deals and have a shower and a good meal. They have a uh send a wagon out and um yeah, they're still still a working cattle ranch and man it's a cool place and what an opportunity to be able to go out and see country like that. What did y'all do for, uh, eating? Oh, that's the other thing I was going to talk about. Um, one of the ranches that borders, uh, the O six is a ranch called the CF ranch. And, um, actually the owner of the CF ranch is also the owner of the Riata restaurant. Um, it's, when you think of Riata, you think of Fort oh. Worth, but actually the original Riata a restaurant is in Alpine, Texas, and it is unbelievable. We ate pretty much every meal at the Riata in Alpine, and whether it's chicken enchiladas or a steak or chicken fried steak or quail poppers, I mean, that place is so good, and that's pretty much where we went every night. Uh, we'd generally go there, and the World Series was going on, so we went and watched the World Series games, and if you've been out to West Texas, you're familiar with the Crystal. It's another famous location. It's a bar out in Alpine. So we'd hit up the Riata and the Crystal pretty frequently um, when we were out there. I also took a handful of long drinks out there. And let's just say the reception of the long drink amongst the cowboy community was pretty good. Those guys liked the long drink, just like you guys did when we were out in Vegas. So when that stuff comes to Texas, we'll all be drinking it. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Big thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on the Apple Podcast page if you haven't done so. I know we're quite a few episodes in, but be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Um, Follow us along on Facebook, Section K Podcast, Instagram, Section K Podcast. Hit us up in email if there's anything you'd like to hear discussed on the show, sectionkpod at gmail.com. Stay sane during the pre-works. Um, stay busy. Keep those keep take those deep colds. breaths. Yeah, take deep breaths. Um, keep those ice chests full of beer. Count to ten. <laughs> That's a good one. That's good advice right there, actually. <laughs> but no, in all serious in all seriousness, um, it's a super stressful part of the year. Uh, good luck to everyone, and we'll see you guys down the road. Adios. Bye bye.